Hello and welcome, dreamers, to this, uh, the 2002 Game of the Year edition podcast. Uh, This is uh, the side podcast to the normal Dreamcast Year's podcast. I'm going to say podcast a lot of times, I can tell. Um, And this is the one where we decide which game is the game of 2002. Uh, So you heard myself, Steve and Daryl chat away about um, all of the lovely games that came out in 2002 in our last episode. There's a lot of them. We we talked forever. It was great. Uh, But unfortunately, we were missing one particular person. But he's back. Um, Say a big hello to Rich. How's it going? Are you sure you mean unfortunately or fortunately? Um... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We'll we'll see, won't we? We'll see how this one goes. I mean, Um, I missed you, Rich. Thank you, oh. thank you, Steve. Thank you. I have... nice. Suck up. <laughs> um, and of course, that is uh, that is the lovely brown noser, Steve. How's it going? Uh, hello, hello. I'm very well, thank you. Going a little bit stir crazy, maybe, but it's fine. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, yeah. We're in yeah. we're in odd times at the moment. Um, hopefully, we'll look back at this in years to come and uh, maybe not laugh, but. <laughs> There we go. Oh yeah, we are. We that are, of course, weird. referring referring to lockdown 2020. This is coronavirus mm. times. In case you're listening to this at some point in the unspecified future. Yes. Um, yes. So very strange, but uh, we won't dwell on it too much uh, because we've got um, 2002 to talk about. Uh, I don't think there was a lockdown in 2002 that I recall. Um, so, <laughs> but yes, the point of the game of the year is to figure out which game was the best in that particular year. Um, myself, Steve and Rich will decide which games to pitch to you, uh, but ultimately it is your decision to let us know which one wins. So for seven days after this podcast um, has been released, uh, on Twitter there will be a poll where you can vote for your favourite out of the four that we talk about today, um, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Dreamcast Years. So if you're listening to this now, once you kind of reach the end of the episode, head along to Twitter and make sure you vote um so bearing that in mind um we should probably look at the results of the last poll which was for 2001 so in that one um we had a very definite winner and that was with 45 percent of the vote grand theft auto 3 which was pitched by rich well done rich thank you very much i expected it but yeah i'm no less no less thrilled at the result lovely that's good. It was a, a worthy winner, I would say, a worthy winner. Um, but they all have been, to be fair. Um, in second place, then, uh, was uh, my choice, which was Silent Hill 2, and that got 25% of the vote. Um, it'd be nice if that came first, but I think against Grand Theft Auto 3, I don't mm. think anything could have beaten it, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Um, but we did have a bit of a predicament on the back end of the poll, and... Um, we don't just have one loser, unfortunately. We have two. Uh, both with 15% of the vote was um, Rich's other choice, which is WWF, SmackDown, Just Bring It, and Steve's choice, Max Payne. So for the very first time, two lost. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's a bit disappointing. I didn't think Max Payne was that underrated. Um, SmackDown is a good game, but when it's up against Max Payne, I was I was a little bit surprised to see that happen. Yeah, Rich. Um, win and a loss. I expected it with um, SmackDown to be honest. Um, much like the real yeah. life WWF, it's bottom of the barrel now. It's pretty much last <laughs> place. So why would anyone vote for it? Honestly. So. True. It's definitely one of your famous left field choices. Um, 
but you know you kind of you did kind of persuade me that it's probably a, a well a worthy game to, to give it a try um and i will get it at some point so uh yeah good i mean both of them are good games i i was fairly enthusiastic about it as well so maybe <laughs> i talked myself into this loss i don't know maybe yeah yeah, yeah. maybe people voted uh, for that game who wouldn't have ordinarily voted after hearing you uh kind of mm. wax lyrical about mm. it yeah. well i made that mistake again no <laughs> say both of your you. games are shit there will be plenty of wrestling <laughs> games to come trust me <laughs> <laughs> right well um with all that being said uh the winner as usual gets to pitch two games uh which is rich so rich you'll get two games however you also lost um and oh. i didn't think it was fair for steve uh to have the only handicap considering you both equally lost so um as a bit of a compromise you'll both have a handicap but rich it will just be for one of the two games that you pitch sounds fair yeah it's all right isn't it um and i'll even let you choose which game so i'm gonna be nice in that way um right we're gonna begin um with the person who who lost but also didn't win which was steve (laughs) nice and confusing uh try and keep up listeners um so steve you're gonna pitch first um what game are you gonna pitch to us Uh, i'm going to be pitching metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty for the sony playstation 2 and nobody's surprised um nope (laughs) let me get my timer out um so for your handicap steve uh we have decided that uh you must play the game celeste that wonderfully difficult mm-hmm. uh, and well-regarded game, uh, which I know you have for your Switch. Um, I do. And yeah, you just must play that while you're pitching Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, so do you Good. have that ready to go? Uh, I do have it ready. And I've got to the point where the hotel manager turns into a big scary face and you got run away from him. And I've been stuck on this bit for ages. So this is a good opportunity for me to finally complete this part with my full concentration. Excellent. Uh, you'll have to let us know when your minute's up, how far you got as well. Okay. Um all right, so uh, you ready, Steve? I am ready. Uh, your sound is up on the game, so we can hear you oh. playing it, yeah? My sound is up on the game. Excellent. So your time starts now. Okay, so Metal Gear Solid uh, uh, 2, I died immediately. Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 2 is uh, sort of like the first one in that it is ostensibly uh, schlocky spy fiction, but it actually sneakily gives you a story that is more complicated than it first appears. Um, it is about uh, memetics. It is about uh, control of um, of this lady who's touching the red stuff and dying. Um, it's about the... It's Oh, dear. It's about controlling uh, information and like how people who control information control the world and how it's also about fake news, although that was not a phrase that would have been used at the time. Um, so these themes in this game are incredibly relevant today and it's for that reason that it is still worth playing. It's also a really fun game too. They really um, up to the ante on the sort of stealth espionage stuff. The AI is... Oh, fuck. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the AI is really fun. This is so hard. The AI is really fun to play around with. Um, Time's up. And, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> How far did you get in Celeste, Steve? Not far at all. Okay. <laughs> you didn't beat the boss then, no? No. No. Uh, I, I, I made it to the second screen once. Okay. Well, you know, it's better than not making it to the second screen, I guess. <laughs> um, so, um, so um, me and Rich will now have a, a bit of a chat about Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you weren't on the episode um where we did discuss this as well rich so i have to ask the question have you played metal gear solid 2 <laughs> i have not no 
<laughs> so this is going to be fairly short. <laughs> so, have you? Do you, do you have many memories of it? Have you seen much of it? Anything that interests you about it in particular? My only memory of this game was it was there was they ran they put that cinematic trailer. I think it was on. It was on a free DVD. It came with I think it was like PSM magazine or something. I cannot remember the mag. I don't think it was a multi-format mm. one. It was something back in the PlayStation two days, obviously. Um, yeah got that free dvd and watched the trailer and i was blown away it was very exciting very cinematic and the score was amazing visually looked incredible um but it still was never a series never a game that i was that interested in so i really kind of looked at it as just a mini movie that i did watch multiple times weirdly and that kind of sums me up i watched this trailer so many times but i had no desire to get the game so (laughs) <laughs> that says all you need to know about me, really. Um, but yeah, no, really, really good trailer. I, I can't say much more than that, unfortunately. <laughs> well, at least you've got some kind of memory of the game, and even if even if it wasn't playing it, essentially. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't played well up until fairly recently. I hadn't really played it. The only the only real memories I had of it before recently was was of Steve playing it um, because you know Steve being a huge fan, and um, I remember him. I think the demo came out. There was a demo. I remember watching Steve play the demo of the game that was set in the tanker, um, and then obviously the the full game as well. Um, but yeah, so at the time it wasn't really my thing. Um, it was always intriguing and interesting. And whenever Steve would talk about Metal Gear Solid, I would definitely be interested about it. But it it, it wasn't the degree that I'd want to actually sit and play it myself. Very similar to Hitman, actually. Um, which as I've gotten older, uh, both series have kind of. You know, I've kind of been more interested. Um, and Metal Gear Solid 2 is something that I finally got to play, not to completion, but very close to, um, on the Vita, on the PlayStation Vita, uh, when they released it on that. And you had the whole transferring mechanism with the PS3 version, which I also had. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's just, it was, I mean, I think Steve talked about it in quite a lot of depth in the last episode and, and kind of what it involved. But for me personally, it's just, it, it was such a detailed game for the time. The the actual, you know, the things that you could do in the game, the the level of detail that it had. Um, I know Steve mentioned that it was mostly the tanker that held most of the kind of intricate detail. Um, but I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those games, just like Metal Gear Solid before it, it's one of those games that's very important um, because it pushes the boundaries of what a game can and should be um which is kojima in a nutshell as well um and it 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 gets people to talk and i think that's that's an important thing too um i I feel like we can't really do it justice between us steve so if you want to pitch in a little bit extra i don't mind well i think i think Rich watching the uh, trailer over and over again is is like it's not that weird because at the time the uh, the technology was incredibly impressive. The technology was amazing. That was the first trailer that I'd seen for a video game that felt like a movie. Properly felt like a movie, um, and yeah, it was stunning. It was jaw on the floor type stuff, and the soundtrack as well was also outstanding. So that trailer is still still something special. I get goosebumps um, if I go back and watch it now. Um, but it, you know, as you say, it's it's perhaps not for everyone. Maybe a bit intimidating to some people because it, it's an incredibly dense game. The controls are kind of hard to get around sometimes. But mm. you know, once you uh, once you get a grasp of it, some of the stuff that you can pull off in that game is super cool uh, yeah. and really fun. And it's got all the 
gadgets and stuff that you would want from a, a spy thriller um it's just amazing i love it and that story is just bonkers it's absolutely <laughs> bananas um yeah. and it has an incredible twist it has a twist right near the beginning of the game and it has a twist right near the end of the game and it's just so mm. much fun it's brilliant excellent all right well that is metal gear solid 2 um so obviously if it's your game of 2002 vote for it um if not don't um or don't vote at all it's up to you um so let's uh let's move on um rich we're gonna go to you next and this will be the pitch that you have to uh you have to have your handicap on so choose which one you want to do wisely um so uh rich what are you going to pitch us first i'm going to pitch grand theft auto vice city oh interesting two grand theft auto games in a row um <laughs> i'm going for the easy <laughs> win what can i tell you yeah well <laughs> hopefully that means that the handicap might put you off a little bit um so rich's handicap was uh, suggested to us by uh, jay uh, from the waffling tailors podcast who's also on our discord uh discord server which is the dreamcast years discord uh which you can find a link to by going to at dreamcast years on twitter uh, and there's a link there to the discord channel so come and join us for a chat um so he suggested um that a a good a good handicap uh for game of the year uh might be for somebody to watch um a rendition of bohemian rhapsody uh by the one and only william shatner rich do you have that prepared <laughs> unfortunately i do yes Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Okay, um, so, Rich, your time starts now. So, um, what more can be said about GTA Vice City? Um, It did everything that GTA 3 did, but it took the series up several notches. Um, uh, Taking the best bits from Scarface, Miami Vice, Magnum P.I., uh, this game was just cool really really cool i mean the main character was voiced by ray liotta for pete's sake um it was the first gta to feature properly licensed music it featured a staggering soundtrack that spanned the 80s with the likes of pat benatar and run dmc and it did even result in me trying to get my dad on board purely on the basis that kate bush's wow was on the soundtrack um the game up to the quota of grisly violence um introducing more melee weapons such as a hammer and a screwdriver and even a chainsaw. Um, it was the first time that the series had full vehicle damage, so you could shoot out tyres and windshields. Um, this game just ruled, honestly. It just felt cool. You felt like a badass playing. Your time's up. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell Will down, sorry. Yeah, he's done that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like Bill. Mr. Shatner had almost no effect on Rich at all. You didn't get to the chorus, really... though. If you got to the chorus, that would have been it, but... <laughs> well, uh, listeners, if you want to go and listen to that, it's on YouTube. Uh, feel free to listen. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as distracting as it should have hmm. been. So um, sorry, Jay. That was, that was a terrible. Have you been practicing, Rich? Is that why? Is that why that was? Oh, I've been practicing all day. Yeah, that's what that's what working <laughs> from home does. Yeah, you just do everything. Building up a Shatner resilience in order to do your pitch. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, Steve. Yeah. What do you think of Vice City? Um, it's shit. Don't vote for it. <laughs> okay, moving vote on. Vote for Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of No. Um, Vice City is incredible. You know the way game development cycles work, um, where they spend years and years and years building an engine um, and making a game out of that engine, and then mm. they pump out sequels afterwards um, in a much shorter time yeah. frame. 
because they've done all the groundwork. Vice City is a fine, fine example of that at work. Vice City came out a year after Grand Theft Auto 3, and it's... Like, Rockstar doesn't do that before or since this, and it, what they mm. managed to do in a year is kind of incredible, because it's GTA 3 turned up to 11, 12, 13. It's insane. It's a year later they brought out a far deeper game, a much better looking game, a much better sounding game that had a full voice cast full of famous voices. The protagonist was now voiced. Um, it had a fun story, which uh, probably doesn't hold up now if you go back to it, but at the time it was a fun story um, and not enough can be said about that soundtrack. That soundtrack absolutely blew me and everyone else away at the time. Mm-hmm. The choice to set it in the 80s was inspired uh, I don't know what drove that. I don't know if they decided to set it in the 80s and then did the soundtrack, or as I suspect, I think the soundtrack might have come first, um, <laughs> given that the Scarface soundtrack is in Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, I also had a similar situation where I tried to convince my dad to play it because Kate Bush was in it, and while he was impressed <laughs> that Kate Bush was in it, he, he didn't he didn't care enough to play the game. But yeah, just absolutely outstanding game, and will be the winner, I no doubt, uh, of this poll. Ooh. I have to see if we can get people to prove that wrong. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's it, it would be a worthy winner, though, wouldn't it? Because mm-hmm. if Grand Theft Auto 3 won and Grand Theft Auto Vice City is, you know, a magnitude of times better in so many ways, kind of stands to reason that yeah. it would be a worthy winner. And for me, just uh, like you said, the soundtrack alone is kind of it's, i mean it's 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 an astounding soundtrack um i'm not sure do you think they've topped it since in their other games i don't know if they can no, top that soundtrack no, no. ever um, i try to remember but what was, i mean i forget what san andreas's one was like now i know that was stacked but i cannot remember what was on it for the mm. life of me i mean it yeah it was a lot of you know it was a lot of uh hip-hop and and yeah. and uh and rock and stuff 90 like 90s rock but it, it it was good but it didn't have that same kind of nostalgia no. blast in the face um, exactly. that Vice City had. I mean, cruising along with Billie Jean playing was st- still stands as one of my favourite gaming moments. I just Absolutely, that was just, yeah. I just felt like I said before, I just felt freaking cool. So... <laughs> Yeah. It was, it was, it was great. If, um, if 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 we have a game of the year that is a Grand Theft Auto game every time a Grand Theft Auto game came out in that year, like that would pretty much reflect what I remember my gaming experiences were across those years. Possibly with the exception of five, if we ever got that far. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think I've said it before. Four is is probably my favourite Grand Theft Auto game. Really? Um, four is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic oh. game. Um, and the the soundtrack in that was, I mean, yeah, it's, it doesn't hold a candle to Vice City, to be fair, but I mean, it had the likes of Juliet and the Licks in it, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Juliet and the Licks, and whenever that song came on, uh, inside the cage, I think it was, I just, yeah, I was I always tuned into that radio station in hopes that that song would come on, <laughs> but it was like the best song to cruise around um, Liberty City, and but yeah, I mean, I mean Vice City, I. I, I kind of hope they go back to that setting someday in one of their future games because because of how great that game was and the fact that they've not really um, I, they haven't gone back to Vice City since have they um, as no. far as I'm aware. No, Vice, I mean there was there was yeah. Vice City stories yeah. on the uh, on the True. on the on the PSP but you know that doesn't really count. Yeah. 
no it's like a kind of a smaller yeah. side game as it were but yeah it'd be interesting to see them go back to you know even if it's in modern day fair enough uh, the, you know the, the likelihood of them setting the game in the 80s again is probably fairly slim but it would be it would definitely be interesting to see that again because the setting itself as well was it's just so memorable um you know i can even now just thinking about vice city i can picture certain locations there was like the it was it like there was like a mall that you could go into you could drive yep. into it with your yep. car there was a nightclub as well um, which was awesome was like hacking the people on the dance yeah. floor with a knife it was great i mean it was terrible <laughs> and it should not be encouraged it was terrible not in real life, no. But in Vice City, it's perfectly fine. Fantastic. Um, so, but yeah, it's and and it's that it's that turn of phrase that I like to use so much in the last episode. It it just has that sense of place about it because of the soundtrack, because of you know the actors, the story, everything about it. It was just it it was it was phenomenal. So yeah, I think absolutely that, great game. I think that really stood out to me in the Grand Theft Auto Three, the drug that you were peddling or that people took took at the time. I think it was called Spank. And it was one mm. of those thing. A lot of um, TV shows and stuff sort of made up a pretend drug because they didn't want to have real drugs in it. But in Vice City, right from the beginning, you're doing a coke deal and you're buying mm-hmm. coke so that you can give coke <laughs> to your coke pushers. And it just felt super gritty and adult. It was really cool. Absolutely, it's it was like it's like um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a proper progression. You know, you saw Grand Theft Auto one and two, and you know there was something a bit cartoony about it all, even mm. though it was still incredibly violent. Um, you know, kind of running over Harry Krishna um, and the trail of blood that you would leave. It was you know it, it was all very cartoony. You moved on to Grand Theft Auto three, and it was incredibly you know it was still there was the cartoonishness about it, but the move to three D made it much more realistic um and you're really right in what you just said there steve the fact that they were kind of weren't using you know a lot of real words for things and vice city then kind of brought it into the real world kind of Mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. you know their cities have always been facsimiles of real world cities but they they really brought it into you know reality i suppose Mm -hmm. with that and they have they've continued to ever since really um so yeah, it was it was a massive progression in in a lot of ways, um, and you know as you rightly said, they've kind of um, tweaked the formula and turned it up to to eleven. So great game, um, hmm. yeah. Well, let's let's not dwell on it too much more because we're pretty sure it's going to win anyway. Um, so <laughs> um, let's move on. It's it's um, it's going to be my turn to pitch now. Um, so does somebody have a timer? ready for oh yes uh give me one second okay uh so the game that i'm going to pitch is going to be uh resident evil uh the remake for gamecube Uh, okay i have a timer ready uh are you ready i am ready all right i count you down three two one go so the original Resident Evil um, on the Saturn and PlayStation was a really campy, schlocky horror game, which was which was fantastic. It, it kind of opened up the world of survival horror to everybody, uh, but it was very much of its time. Um, so 2002 came along and uh, they decided a remake was in order on the new generation of consoles. And so uh, the GameCube, a Nintendo console of all consoles, got a absolutely phenomenal remake of the original Resident Evil game. Um, so good is this game that it's basically overtaken the original in all ways and there's basically, apart from kind of not the novelty factor of it, there's no reason to play the original Resident Evil anymore. This is the definitive version. It it, it turned, I, I'm kind of using phrases from other pitches, it turned everything up to 11. Um, <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> it was the, the the pre-rendered backgrounds were incredibly detailed you know they used the same kind of form factor in the term in the fact they had the pre-rendered backgrounds and the 3d characters the horror was scarier um they changed things about so it wasn't just the same game time's up damn it oh well done, uh, well, done I, well done i do have a feeling though that um that Rich may have now played this game well, and may be able to say, give us an opinion. Yeah, I now, I now too like, much. have a real special pri- privilege now because I get to ask Rich, have you played this game? Already knowing what the answer is <gasps> going to be. So, have- Rich, have you played this game? I have. I own it. I'm, <gasps> I haven't just played it. I am currently playing it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm 18 years later. So, uh, <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's superb. And what I have played of it, um, as we all know, I'm not the biggest guy when it comes to um, survival horror. More like my horror as a passenger. I don't necessarily like to be in the driving seat. I'm a bit of bit of a pussy. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I'm playing it in like little ten minute chunks at the moment. So I've actually only just got <laughs> past the first safe room, and I've already lost track of one <laughs> dead zombie. So there's a crimson head in my future. So I can't wait. Um, oh dear. Yeah, it's amazing. It it looks fantastic. I mean, I'm playing it currently on the Switch. I haven't gone back and got a GameCube copy or anything like that. But it looks fantastic. Um, obviously, I've got memories of the original and seeing how they've upgraded it, how they've redone all the pre-rendered backgrounds. Just seeing things like your reflections on the floor now in the main like the main hall. Mm. Just it's fantastic. I mean, it's still got an air of campiness about it as well. It leans into what came before. But it has corrected a lot of the elements that were a bit cheesy and original. Much as I love them, but you know things like the Jill sandwich line, stuff like that, and you know, <laughs> I hope it, it, they've yeah they've they've done a fantastic job with bringing it to 2002 and now obviously re-releases on modern formats. Um, mm. it, it's, it's a cracking game. Again, I've not played a lot, yeah. but I'm looking forward to what's ahead, um, and I'll keep you posted cool yeah please do it's um i i reckon it holds up too i think it's it feels pretty much like a modern game i think Hmm. um it's that you were talking about playing it in 10 10 minute chunks i think one one of the um one of the thrills of resident evil for me certainly is um getting those ink ribbons and finding the typewriters whenever i get to it so when i'm looking for a typewriter i'm thinking as soon as i find this typewriter i can stop playing and then i can stop being tense Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) i you know i find the typewriter i've got my ink ribbon i'm like okay good i've saved i've saved i'm good i'm fine and then i'm like "Ah, i'm just gonna keep playing and then i push myself to keep playing and it's that sort of rise and fall that sort of roller coaster of tension and relief that this game does incredibly well um it's just great it's 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 really cool as you said uh, you know it's it's still a bit campy but i think they extracted like 80 percent of the camp out and left just <laughs> yeah. enough in yeah. to keep, keep keep it fun um but it's like it's like they took resident evil seriously and they uh-huh. made something they made like a work of art and it looks gorgeous um mm. and yeah it's great it just feels like a it feels like a really classy horror game um, and it's very very satisfying to play and pretty scary too which yeah. is fun definitely I mean I'm I've yeah, been a zombie fan since I'm a kid um, mm. but the something about the zombies in this one it, it does make me tense I've never been scared by zombies in films or games but there's something about them in this there's a bit just past the safe room we get to the top of the stairs I think you've got two zombies either side 
and there's one that she followed mm. me up the stairs as well. I, I can't remember if there she went <laughs> upstairs in the original in like the '96 game. They didn't, I don't think. Yeah, that no, freaked me out. No, it was a proper, <laughs> proper Dalek moment. That it was like, no, you're not meant to be able to do this. Um, then that's the one I. Think... I sh- go ahead, Steve. Go on. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think the Crimson Heads can go through doors as well. Yay! Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the the and the Crimson Heads specifically, such a such a good um, a good design choice. They, they they don't they don't surface this in the game, but um, whenever you kill a zombie, a background timer starts before they become a Crimson Head, um, and I think it's sort of like a little bit random. It can be between sort of half an hour to an hour to two hours, and so you don't know when it's going to happen. You just know it's going to happen at some point, mm. uh, and those Crimson Heads are terrifying i've been playing this game with my girlfriend um and i knew that they were going to be scary but i i was still taken by surprise at how scary they were <laughs> i take it do they actually appear like another point of the house or are they near to where you actually killed them and didn't actually I, burn them i seem to remember they 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 appear where you left the dead one okay if i remember rightly mm. for the best mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, I think it's a fantastic game, but you you were really right in saying that it, it holds it well. I mean, they did a, an amazing job with the HD remaster of it, um, and I think in the newer version they've added a different control scheme in as well yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that makes mm-hmm. it that modernizes it, which it didn't have in the GameCube um, version. But even back on the GameCube, it was it, it was a phenomenal game, and it you know it, it it took everything that Resident Evil was and made it even better. Um, and it's a shame that things like Resident Evil Zero, as much as I, I don't mind that game, it's it's alright, but a lot of people don't have a lot of good to say about Resident Evil Zero. Um, but it kind of kept the same aesthetic, um, mm. which I really like. And I'm kind of sad that no other games after that continued with that same aesthetic because it's such a good one. I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost perfect for the format. And it, there's a part of me that wishes that they'd have remade two and three a long time ago back yeah. when they remade one yeah. Yeah. just to see it in that format because as much as i love the remake i mean obviously resident evil 3 remake comes out well we're recording this week end of this week and the resident evil 2 one came out last year and the resident evil 2 remake is phenomenal but to see those games in the same style as the resident evil 1 remake would just be a bit of a uh, it would be a pleasure to see that so maybe somebody might do it one day i don't know but yeah, it's a shame that it never happened i guess yeah, I mean, they did it for the. Uh, there, there were successful Kickstarters for the um, Baldur's Gate style RPGs, so you never know. There's a an opportunity mm. in the future somewhere for somebody to go back and uh, make a game in this style because I think that would be cool too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the pre rendered background 3D character thing has kind of long since gone, hasn't it? It's, uh, it has, it's not really yeah. a thing yeah. anymore yeah. at all. It's a shame because I do think there's a real a real artistry to that. I mean. A lot of it at the mm. time, I think it was kind of a product of its time. It was it allowed them to do more detailed environments without having to actually do you know, animate them in real time, which would be much harder mm. and just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always loved that yeah. about the PS One one. It just looked they looked fantastic, but it still yeah. works now. I mean, in the remake, I think some of the backgrounds look better than others. Some look mm. quite low res, yeah. and a bit, but yeah. So annoyingly, they they lost all of the original. Um, the original artwork for mm. the back, for the background, so they had to up res uh, low resolution versions. So some yeah. of them look better than others, yeah. but um, mm-hmm. it's still. I mean, it's still a looker though. It still yeah. looks great. Definitely, it is. Definitely. And at the time, it was. I mean, I, I I don't remember if you remember this of me, Steve, but at the time, I was absolutely 
enthralled by it like it was it was just after the dreamcast had kind of gone and i think the P, uh, the gamecube is one of the f- consoles i bought very mm-hmm. soon after mm-hmm. the dreamcast and i was absolutely like i, I was cra- crazy about that game like you as were, soon as i saw yeah, it was coming out i was like i need this i was like planning on importing it and all this kind of stuff i was like i have to have this game um basically all of my console choices around that time were, were kind of controlled by what resident evil games were on them so um, but yeah it was it, it was a system seller for me like the gamecube was sold to me by the fact that it was getting this resident evil remake and i don't think it can be underestimated just how um amazing looking that game was for its time because of the, the whole pre-rendered backgrounds um uh, mm. and the, the the skill they put into it and the, and the artistry it was so much more than any of the other pre-rendered games that had come before it partly because of the console that it was on but also lots of games had moved on at that point to to different techniques yeah. so you didn't really see any games like it at the time and it was just it was definitely a treat cool yeah. okay i've kind of rambled on a bit as well so sorry about that um Let's move on then <laughs> to Rich's second pitch, which he won't have to have a handicap for. Rich, what are you going to pitch for your second game of 2002? One's going to be a little bit more out of left field. It's going to be Rally Sport Challenge for the original Xbox. Oh, okay. So, um, you've got nothing to set up, so I'm no. going to get your time ready. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, your time starts now. So, I mean, Rally Sport Challenge, it, it came really at a perfect time. I mean, I was still very much into racing games on the PS1, like the Colin McRae series. Um, what this one did differently, though, was it combined multiple types of uh, rally competition into one game. So you had the likes of hill climb, um, traditional rally, rally cross, ice racing. Uh, these all took place over like six different types of terrain, and it made for a very varied experience. Um Everything from the tarmac, the wet mud, to the sunlight reflecting off ice. And um, this game looked incredible. I mean, this came out at launch of the Xbox. So obviously, it kind of was a demonstration of what that console could do. And it blew me away. Um, The handling felt amazing. Um, You could feel a change as you went over different types of terrain. So you went over tarmac. It was more grippy, but it required you to go into corners with greater speed. And you you had to attack them a lot more. Um, gravel mud it affected how fast you were but you could slide time's up ah, <laughs> um okay i've i've got a feeling i'm i know where this is gonna go um i'm gonna ask you this question for a change steve um hmm. steve have you played rally sport challenge uh no i, I haven't um, i can i can tell you all the information i have on this game um in a very short space of time i remember the okay. screenshots uh which was the blue subaru impreza against like a desert background um, it was very impressive, uh, but I don't give a shit about driving games, so I never played it. <laughs> but I knew I knew it was a looker from that screenshot. That's super impressive. Was um, a classic. That's a classic. <laughs> and uh, also, the way Rich says things like, well, he talks about attacking corners. So I should imagine that this probably has a pretty good driving model in there as well. But uh, no, I've, I've never I've never played this game, sadly. Well, um I mean, unfortunately for Rich, neither have I. Oh, dear. Um, a bunch of fake gamers mm. on this podcast. <laughs> I, know. I know. Awful. Um, so it was one of the, like, I, I, I had an Xbox. Um, it was one of the game, one of the consoles that I bought when I went to university. Um, I've got, like, like I said in the main podcast, got great memories of playing Halo, you know, all those kind of big Xbox games. But 
rally sport challenge passed me by but only because I think only because I was at university it was you know it's that time where I didn't have as much time for games anymore so mm. it was just the big ones and, and nothing else and like you Steve I looked at the screenshots and thought wow that looks really really pretty and I did like rally games but it just never it never kind of ended up in my hands I, I never played it and obviously got a sequel as well and I think I thought the same thing when the sequel came out that like, this looks amazing it looks beautiful it looks like a great rally game but it just I just never bought it and I feel bad for that because yeah I, I remember really really wanting to get it at the time really wanting to play it but yeah it just it just never happened um and from the kind of Rich's description of it in his pitch you know even just for a minute it my kind of you know my um love of motorsport has increased in recent years so it sounds like a game that I would really enjoy and perhaps might be something I should go and pick up now do, do you think it holds up well now Rich have you played it recently I've not played it since I originally had it. Um, I'd imagine so. I mean, actually, recently I did actually watch some gameplay, and it still looks solid. The uh, mm. crash physics are actually far more shitty than I remember. The cars just flip like a gymnast <laughs> and just go back on their wheels and carry on driving. But um, oh everything else about it looks great. No, it looks good. It holds up, and the handling is still spot on. Yeah, good. No, it's, I mean. I think there's um, there's a big thing nowadays for rally games and kind of simulation games in general. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you've got stuff like Project Cars, you've got Dirt Rally, all those kind of simulation racing games. And I think it was games like this that started to take it more seriously, along with obviously the Colin craze of the, of the world. Um, so that you kind of like Steve said, you kind of mentioned things like you know the grip and the um, attack in the corner. Was it was it a very technical rally game then in that case? Yeah, I found it to be. Yeah, I mean even though the the type the likes of Colin McRae were quite realistic and quite technical, the fact this really mm. affected how the car handled. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. games that came before it just felt like the same, but there was something about this game it just had an extra added layer of um, realism like it felt more sluggish you felt if you were going through like packed snow you felt the car just it felt heavier like you could feel it in the Mm. controller it felt like literally someone was pushing back against the controls like you were trying to move the stick forward trying to hold down a button you felt like there was a resistance i I can't describe it it's almost the same thing (laughs) as what people think now with like hd rumble there's something more Mm. about it and i can't i can't put into words but how they captured the terrains and the environments it, it wasn't like anything i'd played before in a racing game so mm. yeah it was just really really cool and like the actual sensation the speed as well was just phenomenal in this game i think they kind of exaggerated it a little bit to make it more fun and exciting but yeah no just um it was, it was a cracking racing game it really was amazing definitely sounds like something i have to hopefully it's not too expensive but yeah i have to pick it up at some point um I have to see if it's backwards compatible with the uh, Xbox One, actually, because yeah. uh, there's a few. There's a few original Xbox games are. Um, obviously, we're not going to be able to do the game very much justice, and we're obviously probably not going to come back to it. I don't know if you'll pick up Rally Sport Challenge Two in another episode, Rich. Maybe. Never played it. Um, have you not? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> good news for you. Um, one of our well, the friends of the podcast, um, the. Uh, power drifting rally game podcast which is hosted by uh, tom and mike from the um dreamcast junkyard uh, they actually do a dedicated episode all about rally sport challenge 2 uh, which is ss4 um so 
give that a listen, Rich, and anybody who's listening who's interested in racing games, rally games, or Rally Sport Challenge in particular, um, have a listen. They go into quite a lot of detail about Rally Sport Challenge too. Cool. So, there we go. Thanks very much for that, Rich. Um, your your left field choice as ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess now that you're, you're going to win and lose the next poll at once. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We will see. We'll see. Um, so before we kind of come to an end, um, obviously, Rich, you weren't with us for the last full episode. And as Steve said, we did miss you, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, we did. We missed you. We definitely missed you. Um, and it didn't feel right not asking you if you'd played all the games that we were talking about. So I, I'm going to ask you now. <laughs> that's okay go for it okay. yes no answers let's do this yes no answers we'll get through it uh, and then at the end you can let us know if there are any other 2002 games that we may have missed um, so <clears throat> here goes Rez um, bits and pieces uh, I won't do the ones that we've pitched today uh, Final Fantasy 10 no Eternal Darkness no <laughs> Ico no <laughs> <laughs> Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. Um, a bit, I believe. Yes. Okay. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, nope. Halo Combat Evolved. Um, yes. Uh, the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. No. <laughs> Burnout 2. Uh, no, but I'm looking forward to Burnout Paradise on the Switch. Continue. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, and the last one, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Um, a bit, I think. Yes. A bit. I also forgot I needed to mention, be remiss of me not to mention, um, Steve lost the quiz. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Were, it was 3-2 to you before you left. Um, Steve took over, obviously, to try and kind of uh, increase your lead, but unfortunately lost to Daryl, and it is now 3-all. So you are tied with like, the guests at the moment. To be fair to me, I feel like Daryl was low-balled on that one. He got some super easy questions, and I got some super hard ones. Well, I mean, the the question that you thought was easier, I didn't. Uh, so there was the one question, Rich, which was, um, uh, so obviously it's 2002, 2012, and the game that I gave to Daryl was Hurdy Gurdy. Would you have known that one, Rich? No, never heard of it. <laughs> I don't think so. I you, know it sounds familiar, but I don't you, know. Didn't you call us fake gamers before? They're <laughs> hypocrite, if you ask me. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, he can't. You know, you can't really talk, Steve. You did lose the quiz, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was also facing up against like a guy who writes about games professionally, so there you go. Same. You know, it was stacked. It was stacked against me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Daryl was very good. Like, he had he had a great knowledge of of old games. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, we asked what was the question. It was, um, oh goodness, it was like Zone of the Enders, um, Fist of Mars. And not only did he know the year, but he knew exactly which console it came out on as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, and that was pretty obscure. Um, yeah. So, um, Rich, were there any games from 2002 that you that we haven't talked about that you'd want to mention? Uh, the only one that really springs to mind would be, um, I was it was it Medal of Honor Frontline, I believe. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember a lot about it. It's been a long time since I played, but the biggest reason that still stands out to me is the opening level at Omaha Beach that was just one of the most mind-blowing disturbing yet exhilarating levels I've ever played in a game um, mm. and there's been a few levels I think I've matched that since I've never been the person to 
I've never been a fan of like the Medal of Honor series. I think I've only ever owned like a couple of the games, and I know it's mm-hmm. not a series anymore. But that was incredible, um, and that is one of my fondest memories from that year. So I definitely would say Medal of Honor. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because like um, I think it was uh, I think it was this year as well that Call of Duty. Because I think Medal of Honor started the year before this, and then Frontline was the second game. I think yes. so. Call of Duty began in this year. This is the first year that was a Call of Duty game. So you had these kind of two World War Two shooters kind of running side mm. by side for a while. And it seems weird to me that Call of Duty is now this huge, massive mm. franchise, and Medal of Honor has just kind of kind of disappeared almost. Well, Call of Duty was a PC game primarily. I don't think it was until Call of Duty, uh, maybe Call of Duty Three. I think was the one that came out on the 360, and I think that was the first time it ever made a big impact, a big splash on a console. Whereas Medal of Honor, although it did have PC versions, they were I think primarily con- con- console games. It started off uh, as PlayStation. So yeah, it's uh, it wasn't until really that Call of Duty started invading the console space that it just took off and um, ate Medal of Honor's lunch completely. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> just came along, did it better. But the that Medal of Honor uh, Frontline, uh, I remember that game very fondly as well. Um, and the the part that sticks out to me, there's a part later on in that game where you're fighting through like a French village, um, and there is a really like haunting soundtrack in the background. It's not just like orchestral action music. It's like mm. um, there's like a, a choir singing in the background, and it gives the whole thing. I mean, you are just running around shooting guys, but it gives the whole thing a sense of like desperation and sadness. And it was the first game I'd played that that it sort of felt anti-war in a way it was mm. like it was like mm. this shit's fucked up what's going on right now the thing that you're doing right now <laughs> is real messed up and it did a really good job of doing that um yeah that was a excellent game yeah i mean i, I remember bits like they, they, they always seem to have and i think it was just a thing of the time because call of duty was similar had awesome opening levels mm-hmm. like there was was it rising sun and you're on, on like a ship at pearl harbor and oh, yeah, it yeah. was really great like a fantastic opening level to the game um and there was an airborne i think it's called airborne and you parachuted into like a town in france or something anyway they had opening levels that were fantastic my my thought was that they were very much world war ii based weren't they i mean the whole Mm -hmm. medal of honor series and they didn't really change or, or kind of move away from that but i think looking at it they did have like two modern ones on the xbox 360 it's like warfighter medal of honor warfighter do you remember those yeah Yeah, well they they tried to yeah go on no, so i never played those ones unfortunately I, I i was intrigued and i know why they did what they did they wanted to hang with a uh, cod but never yeah. quite worked yeah. out at least not commercially i don't know i don't know how well they sold but can't have sold well because i think they only had two and <laughs> then that was that was the end <laughs> of it um but saying that there is actually a call of not call of duty uh, a medal of honor game coming out this year um on oculus vr so it okay. is to still exist. It's still a, an, a current franchise technically, uh, but it's a, a, just a VR game that's coming out this year. So there cool. you go. Cool. Um, so, Steve, what would you have chosen um, if you got to pitch two games this time? Um, well, I think we've been pretty comprehensive both in this podcast and the last one. Um, mm. Morrowind has come up, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right. so I mean, you know, that was that was super important um, at the time. It's nowhere near as good as Oblivion, 
Um, although mm-hmm. people would argue with me about that, but it's certainly the point where, because that came out on the Xbox, so it's the point where mm-hmm. they started gaining traction with the Elder Scrolls series, um, and you know, obviously that led up to Skyrim, which is one of the biggest games ever. Also, uh, Jedi Knight, um, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast specifically came out in this year, mm. um, and that's that's a, a great game that recently came out on the Switch. Um, oh yeah, and it's really fun. It's the first game that really sort of had lightsaber combat in it that was like fun to do. And you can dispatch stormtroopers over and over again by spinning your lightsaber about and throwing it and twirling about. And yeah, it's nice. it's, uh, it's great. It's really fun. Excellent. Two good games. Um, I mean, if I was going to bring a a second game in, I think the only choice I'd have had really would be Res for the Dreamcast because mm-hmm. it was one of the last Dreamcast games, and it's it's just a very a very good game. Um, it's it's kind of by the creator of Space Channel Five, which is also one of my favourite games. So yeah, that would I would have picked that, but unfortunately, uh, Resident Evil Remake also came out in this year, so I kind of pipped it to the post. <laughs> um, right, so um, that's everything I think. Um, we've all pitched uh, and the games that you now get to vote for uh, you've got seven days from the time this podcast goes out uh, so you can vote for uh, metal gear solid 2 uh, resident evil remake uh, grand theft auto vice city and rally sport challenge so get to our twitter account at dreamcast years uh, take a look at the pinned tweet which should be there which will be the uh, the poll um and vote um let us know as well uh, which game you would have chosen if if you had to pitch uh, for 2002 and uh, yeah thank you very much for listening uh rich it's been lovely to have you back again it's been very lovely thank you um and steve um it's lovely to have you as ever oh thanks Oh, oh, big love. And it's it's all right. Um, it's all right hanging out with you as well, I suppose. Thanks. I wasn't fishing, honestly. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right. Thanks very much. And until next time, everybody, keep dreaming. Bye. Bye.